Welcome to our live Bible teaching. We're going to continue our series tonight on, on the miraculous power of God. Uh, in the last few weeks, we've been talking about just how incredibly powerful God is. We've been spending a bit of time just kind of meditating and thinking about and looking at and studying the miracles in the Bible and, and the display of the power of God. And why I'm doing this is because I believe God wants us to, to get a much greater understanding of his power. So often we limit him. So often we, 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 we just don't realize how big and how incredible and how powerful God is. Now, I'm doing this series not just to show us how powerful God is, but also so that we can begin to get a revelation and understanding of the power that God has put inside of us. The power that he's wanting us to walk in. A lot of times Christians have heard, well, you know, I've got the power of the Lord and I've got the power of God in me, but it never really seems to show up and do anything. But I believe God wants us to learn how to get this active, how to get this functioning in our lives. And as with anything, understanding of the word plays a big part in this. See, God didn't give us his word just to ignore it and get everything else through prayer. Okay, I believe in the power of prayer. But God gave us his word because there's things in there he wants us to see. There's things in there that he wants us to get a hold of. And one of the things right now, I believe, is an understanding of the power of God and the, the, the incredible magnitude of his power. In fact, Paul, we've seen this. Paul prayed that our eyes would be open to, to understand the exceeding greatness of God's power. And, and, and when he talks about the exceeding greatness, he's talking about power of great magnitude, great, incredibly spectacular power. And Paul knew that we needed to see this. We needed to understand this. We talk about the fact that God is almighty. You know, he, he's, he's mighty God. Nothing's impossible for him. But sometimes we, we haven't really got the revelation of that. We know it in our heads, but this series is about getting this established inside of us. So we're talking about the power of God, how big, how powerful he is, looking at some of the miracles in the Bible, because God wants us to understand this. He wants us to start walking in them. And uh, I believe God's got some amazing things for us. He wants us to step into. Now, I'm going to go back a little bit and look at some things we, we I hinted at and right at the start of this series, because I want to talk more about resurrection power. I want to talk about power to raise the dead. The power that, that raises the dead is, 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 I don't know, it's something we know happens as Christian. We've heard about it. We've read occasions in the Bible where the, where the dead are raised. But often we kind of just think, well, you know, it just happens here, there, and every now and again, and rare, and, you know, and it, it's not that relevant to my life. I want you to understand, resurrection power is very relevant to your life. The, the heart of Christianity, the foundation of Christianity started with the resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus. And, and, and in fact, when Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter one, that our eyes would be open to, to the exceeding greatness of his power, the, the example he gave and the power that he pointed to was resurrection power. He talked about, you know, the exceeding greatness of his power. And then he went on to say, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So this power that Paul is talking about, that he wants us to understand, is resurrection power. And not only that, but this resurrection power 
is the power that he's put inside of you. We talk about, you know, I've got power inside of me. And last week I was putting a lot of emphasis on that word dunamis, that dunamis power that's inside of me. And a little bit more. This is resurrection dunamis power that's inside of me. Resurrection power is on the inside of us. That, that, that's, that, we're not talking about just a low-level power. God didn't just put a little measure of his lowest-level power inside of Christians. The power that Paul prays that we would have our eyes open, he said this power is toward us. And it is the power that's in us. We need to get, we need to see this. So I'm going to talk a bit about raising the dead, resurrection, and, and not just in context of physically raising the dead, although we'll talk a bit about those as well. I want you to, I want you to get a vision of some of these. I want you to see, I want you to capture this because this will excite you. You know, um, well, let's just read this first. Acts chapter 26 and verse eight, Paul asks a question. And I think he's talking to, I'm not sure if it's Agrippa or someone like that, but he asks a question. He says this. Why should it be thought incredible by you that God raises the dead? That's Acts chapter 26 and verse 8. He said, he's talking to this person. He says, why do you think it's, well, why should it be an incredible thing? And actually, that question is very relevant to us. Why should we think it's incredible? Why, when we hear about someone raised from the dead, we go, wow, wow, it's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. And yet, we don't walk in that power ourselves. See, raising the dead's just been, it's been a rare thing. And it's because, a lot of it's because we've not understood how to walk in enormous resurrection power. Paul wants us to step into this. Paul wants us to understand how to get this power working in our lives. So as we talk about resurrection power, uh, I, I want this to start stirring you up. I think there's some things here we haven't heard a lot about. You know, the church, church doesn't talk a lot about resurrection. We don't even really talk a lot about raising the dead. We hear it happening, but we don't have teachings on it. It's almost like this is a subject we don't really want to talk a lot about. A little bit here and there. But I think we need to talk about it more. There are a lot of examples in the Bible of people raised from the dead. Obviously, Jesus, and even in his ministry, he raised some people from the dead. In the book of Acts, there's a number of examples. Paul was raised from the dead after they stoned him. Uh, they left him dead. They dragged his battered beaten stone body right out the city thinking he was dead and then it says the disciples gathered around him and he just got up and he and he went on preaching something happened there that was a manifestation of resurrection power not only that but paul and peter raised people from the dead as well and in fact it's not even the way it's written in acts it's, it's one in acts 9 there's one in acts 20 it's not even written as if it was like this whoa spectacular event it's almost just like you know, hey, the guy died, they prayed, the guy got up again. Like, hey, let's get on with preaching. <laughs> it's almost like it's very normal, this resurrection power. The way it's written is quite amazing. And uh, But to us, we think that's just like the hardest thing. But that's why Paul said, I want you to understand this resurrection power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead. This, this power is the do not power that's inside of you resurrection power and when you understand that you begin to realize there's things resurrection power wants to do on the inside of you and then it wants to show up through you okay? but as i said resurrection lies right at the core of christianity in fact i was reading something this afternoon by ch spurgeon now spurgeon was a preacher a couple of hundred years ago 
I was really struck by this because this is what he said. I'm not going to read it all for you, but he basically says he was reflecting about the state of the church in his day. <laughs> That's of years ago. Isn't it amazing that we still have to do that today at times? Okay. But anyway, let's go back to what he's saying. See, he was reflecting on the state of the church in his day. And he said, I read this. I was led to look back to apostolic times. In other words, the book of Acts. And consider wherein the preaching of the present day differed from the preaching of apostles. So he asked himself this question. How is our preaching today different to their preaching then? And he, he, he looked at this. And he, he considered the way they preached, the style, the places, the locations. He looked at the messages themselves and he made some comments. And then he says this. The main difference that I observed was the subject of their preaching the subject. He said, I was surprised to discover that the core preaching over and over and over again it is all over Acts, it is all over the epistles, is the resurrection of the dead. Resurrection is a central core message. And this is what Spurgeon said. He said this, he said, I found myself to have preached all kinds of doctrines, basically. In my own preaching, he says, I've preached the grace of God. I've preached, you know, the, all kinds. And he lists off different things. I said, I've preached on this. I've preached on this. I've preached on this. And he said, I had to realize I don't preach the resurrection. <laughs> he realized. And he looked and he said, he went looking around books. And he says, I couldn't even find a book on the resurrection. That was 200 years ago. wonder if it's changed a lot. It is amazing in church how much we hear about the death of Jesus. It is amazing how much we preach Jesus died. We even tell non-Christians, Jesus died for you. Come be a Christian. And we, we have made the death of Jesus the message. You know what? Romans chapter 10. Now, if you qualify that, please understand the death of Jesus. What Jesus did as an act of love was amazing. Jesus dying for us was amazing, but he didn't just die and stay dead. And Romans chapter 10 says in verse 9 and 10 tells us that if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. In order to become a Christian, you have to believe in the resurrection. You've got to believe God raised Jesus from the dead. Now, I've said this to our Bible students quite a few times, but and I might have said it at some point in the teachings, but I'm going to say it again. How are you? Oh, let me put it to you this way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The way a person gets faith is to hear the word. Paul said this. He says, how? He's talking about the non-Christians. How are they going to believe unless they hear? How is someone going to believe in Jesus if you never told them about Jesus? That's what he's saying. And that's actually Romans 10. In order to believe something, you've got to hear it. But then what does he tell us we have to believe? He says in order to receive Jesus and to be saved, you've got to believe God raised Jesus from the dead. So how is a person, a non-Christian, going to believe God raised Jesus from the dead if all we are preaching at them is God, is that Jesus died? Think about it. How, how is your neighbor going to get faith to become a Christian to be to be born again, if all you ever tell them is God is Jesus died for you, He loved you. The message of the gospel is a message of resurrection. 
I've had non-Christians say, oh, you know, Jesus died for you. God loves you. And they'll say, well, you know, that's wonderful. But, you know, I know all kinds of people who've died in history. You know, there's lots of examples of people who died in history because they loved someone. You know, even Shakespeare wrote about that. You know, Romeo and Juliet, they loved each other. They died. What's so spectacular about that? See, the world can see that as an amazing act of love, but they don't see anything powerful in it. There's no salvation in that. Now, that might be understanding God loved you to, to the point of dying for you might get your attention. But to get saved, you've got to hear about resurrection. And Paul even says this in 1 Corinthians 15. He says this, if there is no resurrection, your faith is in vain and you're still in your sins. He's not talking about the dead. He's talking about the resurrection. And he's emphasizing over and over again, Peter's message in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. That message is not all about Jesus died. They knew Jesus died. Some of them were the ones who killed him. It's only happened a few days before on the streets. But the message is this same Jesus who you killed. God said through David, I will not leave my holy one's soul to suffer corruption. And he quotes the scripture. And then he says, this same Jesus God raised from the dead. That is where you confront whether people believe in a miracle or not. In other words, to become a Christian, you've got to believe in a miraculous display of the power of God. Resurrection. Resurrection power. But so often we preach the death of Jesus and we only preach the resurrection on Easter Sunday. <laughs> the core message, resurrection power is the message. That is what we should be preaching. We, we, people should be confronted. Not only do I believe in an act of love, but do I believe in an act of power that was released? Do I believe a miracle took place at the, at, through Jesus? Why? Why do you got to believe in resurrection? You put your faith in resurrection. What happens to you? When you begin to believe God raised Jesus from the dead, you know what happens? That same resurrection power gets released into your life. And it, it takes you from being dead spiritually, raises you up. Ephesians 2 says, you were dead before you received Jesus, but God has made us alive. The, the very first thing that happens when a person receives Jesus is resurrection power gets manifested in their life, raising their spirit up from life into, from, from death into life. So the core, the, the first thing you need to understand if you're not a Christian is resurrection power. The first thing that happens to you when you become a Christian is resurrection power is released into your life, into your spirit. You've if you're a Christian, you've already received resurrection power. You've already experienced it because your spirit has already been made alive, alive unto God. But, not, but from there on, God puts that spirit inside of you. That same spirit, I'll read the scripture in a minute. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That same resurrection dunamis is the power that he puts on the inside of you. We need to see this. We need to, we've not seen this like we should. We've, we've, we've got a little bit of a glimpse of the fact that God's put his power inside of me. And there's a lot of Christians that are just trying to get a hold of that. But they haven't really got a hold of what that power is that he's put inside of me. Now, I've talked about the fact that we need to get that power working. Go back inside and listen to some of the previous videos in this series. This is number six. 
But here's something else. We need to realize what that power, what exact, that dunamis that's in me, what is it? It is resurrection power. God put resurrection power on the inside of Christians. This is central. This is core. The very foundation of the church is resurrection power, resurrection life. And then he raises us up in our spirits. And this is what Paul wanted us to see this. We've not realized the power that's in us. We've not walked in it. But I believe as we begin to, 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 to realize what exactly is this dynamis in me, as you begin to get a hold of this, as I begin to talk, we're going to talk a bit about resurrection. We might do it for a couple of weeks if we have to. And we'll go and look at some of the instances of people being raised from the dead. We need to study those scriptures too. But I want you to begin to see something. I want you to begin to get excited about resurrection power. Because this is heading somewhere. I'm going to show you toward the end of today where this is heading. All right? But let's look at some scriptures here quickly. Let's go. Let, let's go to, I've, I've, let me scroll down my notes. Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Let's talk about Abraham and Sarah. Now, when we think about Abraham and Sarah, God giving them a child, we think about healing the place in their body. You know, they couldn't have a child. Sarah was barren. Abraham was getting old. They were both still alive. So we don't think about that in context of resurrection. We think about that in context of healing. But actually, the Bible talks about it in context of resurrection power. What is it? We saw in he we saw last week and the week before we talked about dunamis is what power is what went into Sarah's body. But what power was that? That was resurrection power. That wasn't just a low-level, semi-powerful power that healed her. Resurrection power is what causes healing. It is the power that brings life where there's been death. This is the power that God wants us to walk in. This is the power that Paul wants us to get a hold of and begin to understand that this is the power that God has made available to us. I have resurrection power on the inside of me. Look, it's in Romans 4. Now, I'm building this. I'm giving a foundation. There's a teaching focus, a foundation, but I'm going somewhere with this. I believe that there are some things that we need to see about resurrection, raising the dead, the power of resurrection manifesting through your life. It's not, it, 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 this isn't just relevant to some Christians. This is relevant to every single Christian. It is a message that is on almost every page of the New Testament. There's got to be something in that. There's something God wants you to see in this. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Talking about Abraham. Talking, talking about Abraham and Sarah. But notice what it says. Romans 4, 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. And then it says this. God who gives life to the dead. It's talking about healing in their body, and yet it makes reference to the God who gives life to the dead. Who is he? He is the God who gives life to the dead. And then it says, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. And that's verse 17. Verse 19 then places an emphasis on the deadness that they were in before this happened. It talks about, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. His body was old. Now, we might say, well, no, his body was alive. But from God's point of view, it was said death was working in his body. Parts of his body were getting older, were dying. 
says his body was already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. See, we think, well, her womb needed a healing. According to this, that womb was dead. What, what did it need? It needed the God who gives life to the dead. Resurrection power is what was manifested in Abraham and Sarah. This is something. We need to see this. We need to catch a hold of this. God's been trying to get us to see this throughout the pages of his word. We've, we've thought resurrection is something for special Christians. And it's somewhere rare. No, 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 no. Resurrection power is what we're all supposed to be walking in. This is the power that is put inside of us. Get a hold of that. What type of God is he? He is a God who gives life to the dead. Romans chapter 8. Let's look at this one. Romans chapter 8. See, I talked about when you became a Christian, what happened? Resurrection power came onto the inside of you, raised your spirit. Pulled you out of death and into life. Out of darkness and into light. You were dead. Then you're made alive. Resurrection power was the first thing you experienced as a Christian. But then what happened? God put his spirit on the inside of you. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. He put inside of you. Let's look at this in Romans chapter 8. Verse 10. And if Christ is in you. The body is dead because of sin. And people read that and say, oh, yes, you see, the body's dead. And nothing you can do about that. No, no, don't pull verses out. Keep reading. He doesn't finish there. He's not finished talking about the body yet. The body is dead because of sin. There's, something, there's a revelation right there in that phrase. You'd be amazed at what you can get revelations out of in the Bible. The body is dead. Why? Why is the body dead? Why is there death working in the body? You know that sickness is a manifestation of death. Okay? But he says that the body is dead. Why? Because of? Because of? He's about to give you a reason. Why is there death happening in the human body? He, he, he We've blamed God for death all the time. He says, yeah, the body's dead because of sin. Sin is what did this. Now, I don't want to preach all of that. But see this. He doesn't blame God for death in the body. He says, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now notice the next phrase. Verse 11 starts with a but. But. He's just told you the body is dead. Death is happening in the body. He's not talking about your spirit now. Oh, he mentions that. But he's also talking about your body. Okay. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead. Notice the emphasis there. What spirit is he talking about? Now we know he's talking about the Holy Spirit. But what aspect of the spirit is he emphasizing? He's emphasizing the resurrection. He's emphasizing that Holy Spirit. That power. The Holy Spirit is the manifestation of the power of God. Okay. But that spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. He's talking about a resurrection power. A spirit that raises the dead. But if that, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, what's he trying to get you to see here? He's trying to get you to see, I've got the same resurrecting spirit on the inside of me. That same spirit that raised the dead, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that's who's inside of me. I don't just have 
a measure of power on the inside. Just have a little, you know, low-level bit of power. This is why Paul prayed in Ephesians. I want you to see this, guys. I want you to get a hold of this. I want you to understand the exceeding greatness of the power of God that was released at the resurrection of Jesus. Why? Because that power is to usward. He puts it inside of us. He puts that resurrection power inside of me. I don't just have a little bit of power on the inside of me. I've got resurrection power. That dunamis we've been talking about is resurrection dunamis. Life, sorry, death-destroying, life-releasing power. It's in you. It's there. But if the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, what you say will happen? He who raised Christ from the dead, he repeats it again. What's he trying to get you to see? Why is he repeating? Twice in a few verses, he's repeated the resurrection of Jesus. He who raised Christ from the dead will also, will also what? Give life. Give life to your spirits. No, not yet. Not in this verse. To your mortal bodies. That's the same body in verse 10. He's just told you this: the body is dead because of sin. That's why I said don't stop reading there. He said the body's dead because of sin, but something can happen to that body. There can be a manifestation of resurrection power in the body. That's what happened with Abraham and Sarah. Healing is a manifestation of resurrection power. It is the power that brings life where there's been death. Organs coming back to life. Dead cells coming back to life. Death in any form, working in the body, being hit by resurrection life. That's what healing is. It is a manifestation of the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And it's in you. It's in you. We'll give life to your mortal bodies. We've read this verse. We haven't really got all of this. We haven't really. And what we are now. We haven't up till now, but we are getting it. We are beginning to see this. We're beginning to realize God's put resurrection power inside of me. I've got the same spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead inside of me. Resurrection dunamis, life-giving power. The power that raises the dead is inside every Christian. Wow. Wow. We've not, se we've not seen. The, the <laughs> I keep saying that, but we are seeing it. Okay, up and down now, we've not seen it, but my question is, we are seeing this. We are getting this. Get a hold of this. Begin to realize, get excited about this. The Bible has been trying to get you to see this all along. That's why we need to talk about a bit about raising the dead. I'm gonna, I want to look at one instance quickly where the dead was raised. I'm going to make a few comments, but I'm not going to dig too much into this passage tonight because it's something else I want to say after this. But we're going we're gonna to look a little bit about some of the passages of raising the dead. I, I believe we're going to see more dead rays, by the way. I believe that. And I'm going, to, I'm going to give you why I even believe that in a minute. But I want you to go, I want you to mark chapter 5. The passage about Jairus. Is there a point I want to make out of this passage? We need to see this. I'm going to challenge you in some areas. As Christians, we haven't realized the potential. We've not, we need to understand the potential of what is available to us. Because God is wanting to raise up Christians who know how to walk in resurrection power. That power that's in you wasn't just put in there to be kept up. It was put in there to be made active, to begin to manifest, to begin to work through your life. 
to begin to show up in your body, to bring resurrection into your body, to bring resurrection into your environment, to manifest through you at whatever level it needs to in the, 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 the miraculous and the power of God manifesting in your life. Can do. Can do. That power is, is supposed to be active. It's there to be active. Mark chapter 5, Jairus. Now, I'm, I, I, this is exciting. You begin to study resurrection in the Bible. You begin to realize we, there's some things we, we, we're just only just beginning to glimpse right now. Mark, let's get to this. Mark chapter 5. Jairus. Jairus came to Jesus about his daughter. Now, when he first came to Jesus, his daughter was sick. And often when we teach this, we teach this as a healing passage. Actually, there's a bit more here because his daughter died. This, is, this passage is about resurrection. Mark chapter 5, verse 22, it says, Behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My, Lord, my little daughter lies at the point of death. She's right at death's door, right there. She, she could die any moment. Come and lay your hands on her. Notice he says two things. That she may be healed and she will live. Jairus right there put his confidence in her living. Not just being healed. He said, Jesus, you come with me. You put your hands on her. She will live. That is a release of faith in Jesus, the life giver. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and followed him. Notice this. He has, he has released his faith. In Jesus to heal and to give her life. And Jesus is going with him on the road. They are on the way to his house. It, it say this, he, in a sense, in modern terminology, he had prayed, God help my daughter. And, and, and God said, fine, I'll come and help. And God's getting involved. But the healing hasn't quite manifested in her yet. What happened? The next thing... There's a little bit of a gap in the passage because something else happens. The woman with the issue of blood. But verse 35, it comes back. What's the very next thing that happened? It says this. While, she, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? What happens here? Jairus has released his faith in Jesus. He's got Jesus. Jesus has said, I'll come with you. They are on the way to the house. But the news arrives to them. Your daughter's dead. Don't, don't, don't bother him anymore. It's too late. It's over. And I want to ask you a question. I'm going to challenge you. I want you to think about this. I'm not going to quite give you the answers right now. I want you to think about this. At this point, she's dead. The daughter is dead. They've been praying. They've been believing God. Jesus is on the way and the daughter dies. It goes the opposite direction. At this point, this is where most Christians will, will start to say, oh, well, you know, God let, it, God let them down. God let Jairus down. God didn't come through. We don't understand why, but you know, they were praying. They were believing, but, you know, she, he died. The daughter died. Is that what happened? Is that what happened? Could, could, at this point, could Jairus say, Jesus, you let me down? There are a lot of Christians that are doing that with God. 
Well, you know, we were praying. We were praying for healing and they died. So God let us down. And could J. Iris, I'm not giving you all the answers right now. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to spark something in your thinking. We have blamed God for death. Right at this point, could J. Iris have said, Jesus let me down because my daughter died. I released my faith and my daughter died. So obviously God let me down. Could J. Iris have said that? Well, he could have said it. Would he have been right to say it? No, no. Because it's not over. He's not finished. God's not finished working. Same thing with Lazarus. Lazarus died. Does that mean God's finished working? Get a hold of this, people. We have we 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 have not begun, we have not captured a hold of the power of resurrection. And there's some things we need to see. Why does the Bible put this passage in here about a man who released faith in Jesus and his daughter died? Because it wasn't the end of the passage. What happened next? Resurrection power manifested. I won't read the rest of this because I'm going to dig into this. I'm just throwing this out tonight. We have not captured a hold of this. We have, we, we have blamed God. Well, I released my faith and death happened. So obviously, you know, God didn't come through for me. We don't understand these things. You know, sometimes God does, sometimes God doesn't. And we cut it off right at that point. Just because death happened doesn't mean God, Jesus, let Jairus or his daughter down. Jesus turned to Jairus and he said, don't pull out on me, pull out on Jairus. Stick with me. This isn't over yet. That's what happened. Jesus turned to him and he said, don't be afraid, only believe. And you keep go read on through the passage. What happened? Resurrection manifested. Resurrection manifested. And that girl came back to life. God's only finished working when life has been released. We've blamed God for death. Uh -uh. I've got some more to say about that. I'm just throwing that out right now. But I want us to begin to understand there is something in the Bible. There is resurrection power that God wants to help us to understand, help us to walk in, help us to begin to get a hold of. We've struggled to get a hold of the message of healing. Now I'm pushing this on to the next thing. There's resurrection power that we can walk in. It's all over the Bible. It's all over the New Testament. The resurrection of Jesus. But not just he was raised from the dead. God's going to show us something about us. That's why I said the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will do something in your body too. Catch a hold of resurrection life. Get a glimpse of this. I want, I'm going to jump. I'm going to, I'm going to leave that passage there about Jairus hanging because I'm, I'm going to talk about some more things about resurrection over the next week or two. But I, I want to jump forward now to something the Bible says is coming. You realize there's, gonna, there's coming a resurrection. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. I don't want to go too much into the, all of the, the deep end times questions people debate over with re these passages. Now, even in Jesus' time, there were people who didn't believe in the resurrection. The Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. The Sadducees came along. They didn't believe in resurrection power. And they came to Jesus and they came up with all their theological arguments. And they said, oh, you know, what if, what if a man died and married a woman died and, and you know and then the woman married the brother and then there were seven brothers and then they said oh whose wife is she at the resurrection they tried to make all these big theological arguments out of resurrection you know what jesus did he turned to them and he said this 
He said, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures. But he didn't stop there. We've quoted this often. They didn't know the scriptures. He says this, that you don't know the scriptures nor the power of God. The reason Sadducees couldn't comprehend re resurrection and the reason they were gone into such a muddle over their doctrine over resurrection is twofold. One, they didn't know the word. Two, they didn't know the power of God. That's what Jesus said to them. You go through Jesus' teaching, there's resurrection or talked all over the place in his, in, in his teachings. God wants us to see something. But I want to, we're going to jump right ahead here. What I'm trying to do today, I want you to start to get stirred. I want you to begin to realize this dunamis in me is resurrection power. There's something coming. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse 51. But actually, the whole of 1 Corinthians 15 is about resurrection. He talks about the resurrection of Jesus, people who didn't believe in that. This is the passage where he says, if, you know, if you don't believe God raised Jesus from the dead, you're still in your sins. And the whole passage is about resurrection. He talks about the, the, the resurrection of the body that's coming, changed from corruptible to incorruptible. But then he starts to, I touched my notes and they've all jumped to a different place. Let me find my scripture. 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 52. I'm just going to read a little bit of this right now because I want you to get a version of this. I want you to see something. I want you to get excited about this resurrection power. Power that beats death. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 51 says this. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Now, when he uses the word sleep, there, he's referring to death. Okay. Jesus used that term when he was referring to Lazarus. And he said to his disciples, Lazarus is sleeping. And the disciples said, well, if he's sleeping, we just got to wake him up. Jesus said, no, nah, look, guys, I meant he's dead. OK, <laughs> and he had to clarify it. So uh, that word sleep in this context is talking about death, because that's the, what the context of the passage is talking about. It's not just talking about going to sleep at night. But he says, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. And he's talking about a transformation that's going to happen to all of us. Something that's coming. We're on, we are much closer to this than a lot of people realize. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, the trumpets in the Bible, they, they used to announce something or, or they, they used to bring in a spectacular event. He's talking about a spectacular event that's going to happen. At the last trumpet, he says, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible. Now, he's talking about the dead in Christ, the Christians who have died physically. If you read the context, this is what he's talking about. The whole chapter is about resurrection. And talking, about, he's talking about the dead are going to be raised. This is, this is one event where we're heading. Why am I talking about this? Because I want you to get excited about it. I want you to catch something. You start, this is in the New Testament. He wants us to see this. Why? This will help to get you excited about resurrection power. There is going to be, not far in the future, <laughs> we are not far from, there is going to be a manifestation of resurrection power on a planet-wide scale. It is going to happen in every country, every continent, everywhere there has ever been a Christian, there is going to be a manifestation of resurrection power all at the same time. We're heading there. Said so the dead will be raised up. Ah, you know, in the Bible, Jesus was dead, what, three days? Lazarus, four days. There's people who've been dead as Christians hundreds of years, a couple of thousand years. Their bodies are decayed. 
It's not just, there's just bones there. But he says that there is going to be a release, manifestation of resurrection power that is going to raise up every one of them at the same time. We're not just talking about one person being raised from the dead. We're talking about all of them. All of them. Planet-wide resurrection power manifesting. Get a vision of this. Just begin to see what this, what this man, this is going to look spectacular. But that's not the only thing he says is going to happen. He says, and we, who, in other words, we there is referring to the ones who, who, are, who are not yet dead. In other words, the Christians who are alive at that time, do we get left out of this event? No. He says that same power is going to raise up all of the dead at the same time. And it's going to manifest in the bodies of, and in, 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 yeah, well, in the bodies of the Christians who are alive at that time. And he says, we shall be changed. So resurrection happens, and then all the Christians, that power hits them. They're going to be, we're going to be changed from corruptible to incorruptible. The Bible says we shall be like him. We shall have the body. Like Jesus had a resurrected, glorified body. This is going to happen right across the planet at the, at the same time, everywhere. You talk about a manifestation of glory power that's coming. We are heading toward this. God is getting us ready for this. This is a release and a, a planet-wide release of power that's going to happen. The whole body of Christ at one moment is going to walk in this power everywhere. <laughs> how quick, how long is it going to take for this to happen? This manifestation of, this is resurrection power, by the way. This is that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's going to just be released, wow, right across the planet like that. Don't, don't think, oh, that's somewhere in the future. No, no, catch a vision. Begin to see. Get excited about this. Begin to put your faith. This is coming. But notice this. How long is it going to take for this to happen? This massive, this is, this is going to be one of the biggest miracles you've ever imagined. Planet-wide, every Christian at the same time. Dead, 2,000 years worth of Christians, plus every Christian who's alive at that time. How long is this event going to take to happen? Notice this, verse 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, blink of an eye, that level of power is going to manifest. Last week I talked about the, the healing cases where it says immediately they were healed. Jesus prayed immediately, immediately, over and over again. You see immediate healings. What's God wanting us to see here? He's wanting us to see how fast this power can do things. How long will it take the dead in Christ and all of our bodies to be transformed? An entire manifestation of power. Blink of an eye. That's how fast it's going to happen. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, dead will be raised and corruptible and we shall be changed. My word, if we could just get an excited, let's just get a vision of this. Now, let's, let's read on. There's a little bit more I want to show you in this verse just before I end. That's verse 52. Verse 53. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. This is resurrection power that's going to transform us. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, 
Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? Death doesn't have victory. Death doesn't get the victory. <laughs> death is not as powerful as we think it is. It doesn't win. Says there's no victory for death. The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. Then he ends with the verse many times we quote. But, and, but thanks be to God who is us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What victory is he talking about there? He's talking about victory over death. He, the, in context, the victory he's referring to is resurrection power victory. Death beating victory. God's put inside of you. That resurrection power he put inside of you the day you were born again. And he's been getting, he wants us to learn how to walk in it. Because this event he's talking about, where is this going to come from? Where is this power that is going to manifest like this planet-wide? Where is it going to come from? It's going to come from inside of you. This is a release of resurrection power that's inside of us. I believe that's where it's coming from. He put this inside of you, resurrection life, and a planet that resurrection power is going to manifest why is he wanting us to start getting a hold of this why is why does he put it in the word for us to read because he wants us to start beginning to realize the power that resurrection has resurrection dynamis it's inside of you you can walk in levels of it now and even the dead can be raised in, in individual cases that can happen now this resurrection power can manifest in different levels now because it's already inside of us. We're heading to an event where it's going to manifest on a planet scale. If you begin to get a hold of and begin to capture a hold of and begin to get a vision of what's inside of you, begin to realize people think, well, you know, I can understand how the great evangelist can raise the dead, but you know, I'm just me old Christian me. No. Resurrection powers inside of you. Power to beat death. Thanks be to God, gives us the victory. Now, I pray that you get a hold of this. I, I, this is something that's been stirring inside of me and it's stirring inside of me more because I believe God wants us to begin to understand and to get more, more a hold of why the, the New Testament puts such an emphasis on resurrection. It is all over the New Testament. We've not preached this. We preach the death of Jesus. We preach death religion all the time. God's wanting a church that starts to raise up and step into resurrection power. Because when that power, that's the power that begin to manifest all the way back in Acts. From Acts chapter 2, when Peter got up and he preached the resurrection of Jesus. And then individuals got raised up from the dead. That was a manifestation of that resurrection power he's put on the inside of us. That healing that began to manifest through the apostles. That was a manifestation of resurrection power that God had put on them. We can step into this. But if you never think about this, if you never spend any time in the word on this, you're never going to have any faith with this. You're never going to get stirred up about this subject. If we never preach on it, you're never going to really get excited about it. Most Christians know it's coming at some point, but we never preach about it. We just keep preaching death, 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 death. No. The power of Christianity is in the resurrection. 
God wants us. Paul prayed. He said, I want you to get a hold of it. I want you to see the power that was raised when God raised Jesus from the dead. Start to realize this is the power that I should be walking in. Amen. So I trust that that stirs you up a little bit. I trust you see something in there now. I trust that you start to start to realize that, that I need to start getting a bit more hold of resurrection power. We're going we're, we're gonna to talk a little bit about it, some of the instances of people being raised from the dead. I want you to start getting stirred up about this, beginning to realize what this power can do. Amen. So thank you. I've seen a few of the comments. Thank you. Thanks, Helen. Yeah, I believe we do need to get a hold of this. And we've got this within in us. God put this inside of us for a reason. He did not put resurrection inside, power inside of us just so that nothing could happen. He put it there because he wants us to learn how to get this functioning and to get this manifesting. That power can manifest in every, in every area of our lives as we start to step into it. Amen. God bless you and I appreciate you watching. We'll be back with some more next week and, and, uh, and, and, and I appreciate people sharing these. So let's just pray here for a moment. I'm going to pray that, 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 that for the, about you regarding understanding this power. Heavenly Father God, Lord, I just pray that you begin to give us a more of a, a, an understanding. Open the eyes about, of this resurrection power. This is the power that does miracles. This is the power that releases healing into the body. This is the power that causes blind eyes to open, deaf ears, hearts, lungs, other body parts to, to be released back into life, Father God. We, 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 we have a God who raises the dead and can bring life into the body. Father, I thank you right now. We thank you. Those people here who, 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 who believe in God for healing, I thank you, Father God, for resurrection power manifesting in their bodies. And we connect our faith with theirs. And I thank you, Father God, that healing and, and, and resurrection power is being released into those bodies. We give you the glory and the honor. Thank you, Father God, for the power of the resurrection that you wanted us to see and understand that. And I thank you that you help us to see this. Help us to get excited. Help us to understand the, the exceeding greatness of your power that, 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 that you released at the resurrection of Jesus and that power that you've given us to walk in. We give you the glory and the honor. You are the mighty God. I thank you that you show yourself powerful and mighty as we, as we talk more about your power, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. I'm just reading the comment there. I saw resurrection power in everyone over and over again. The blood of Jesus is in our veins. Amen. I believe that, Helen. I believe that. And, 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 I, and I thank God, people who are like you, seeing this a bit of this already, and, 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 and we can step more and more into this, and we get excited about it. And I believe more and more of us need to get excited about this because this can manifest life, life, life can manifest. The whole message of, 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 the, of, the, of the Christian message is a message of life. John 1 says, in him was life and the life was the light of men. Jesus said, I've come to give life where there's been death. That's resurrection. It's all life. It's the whole message. We have a message of life. Amen. God bless you. And we will see you all soon. Have a good evening as well, Diana. I've just seen that comment. Bless you all.